podcast number 24, The Motive or Motif. We will now study the use of a motive to create a melody written or improvised. A motive is a musical cell, fragment, or phrase which may be developed into a sentence, section, or a complete work. The opening of Beethoven's Fifth Symphony is a perfect example. These four notes are the foundation on which the whole first movement is based. First, let's make a motive and then develop it with the various techniques used by soloists and composers in all styles of music. The first technique to develop is called repetition. Repeating a motive or phrase either exactly or with a slight variation of the melody or rhythm. The repetition doesn't have to follow exactly. It could be played at various points during the musical composition to help unify all the different elements. Think of a blues solo where a certain riff keeps returning, or a song where a certain phrase is repeated over and over at different points. First, I will play the motive exactly the same. Picture that with the same lyrics or maybe with different lyrics. Now I will play it in the original version first and then with a slight variation of the melody and the rhythm. This is very, very common because the lyrics might have more syllables and need more notes. The second way we can develop a motive is called a sequence. In this technique, the motive's interval pattern is played starting on a different note. The original pattern is kept only on a different level. The sequence may be exact or rhythmically varied. If only the numerical distance is kept, you will stay in the same key. For example, a fifth, a fourth, a second, etc. If the quality of the interval, for example, major, minor, diminished, or augmented is kept, then accidentals may occur. For example, if we were in the key of C and I play from G to D, we have a perfect fifth. Now, if I start on B and play a perfect fifth, I get F sharp. So now that's not in the key of C anymore. So if I just go by the numbers, I would have B to F natural which is a diminished fifth. So either way, there's interesting possibilities. One would lend itself to a melody that moves into another key, only temporarily or permanently. Now let's listen to some of the possibilities. First, the motive. Now a sequence starting one note higher. Now one note lower. In those examples, we kept just the number distance the same. Now we will keep the quality the same. First the original, and now a sequence two notes lower, our original motive was G, D, C, B flat, and A. Now our sequence is E, B natural, a, G, and F sharp. In effect, we moved from G minor to E minor. 
Now let's do one where I'll play the original motive and then a sequence with variation. One more thing I'd like to say about sequences. Whether you're a singer or not, you should always sing along with songs. When you're by yourself, in a car, wherever you can, always sing along. You should also practice singing harmony. Now, if you're not familiar with it, try this. Sing a sequence. In other words, sing the same melody, only move higher up. Your inner musical ear will adjust for the key and the chord changes. Also, try singing below the melody. Think of the same melody. In other words, think of a sequence of the original melody only below it. How many times have you heard that a group, the members of the group, know nothing about music, have no training, and they're all singing harmony? That's because your inner ear will do it. They may be singing above and below the melody at the same time, word for word, or maybe a counter melodies in the background such as oohs and ahs and things like that. That, of course, is derived from the chord changes. Now, let me give you a little example. Here's our main motive. Now, here is the same motive, a sequence, a third higher. Now, we'll play it together. So there you have two-part harmony. Some of the best advice I could give you, whether you're a singer, a non-singer, an instrumentalist, is sing all the time. You have to get the music inside you. In our next technique, augmentation, the motive may be altered by doubling the time value of each note. For example, a quarter note would become a half note, an eighth note would become a quarter note. So instead of Now we have and also, of course, we could have a sequence with augmentation. The next technique is called diminution. In this technique, we cut everything in half. So now a quarter note would become an eighth note. An eighth would be a sixteenth. Let's listen to that. In our next technique, random rhythmic variation, we alter the original motive by randomly changing the time values of each note. For something really interesting, you could also randomly change the motive, maybe put a sequence or whatever, and then use that in another voice. In other words, let's say as the bass line or maybe a string line in the background. The great composer Richard Wagner would use motives which were called leitmotif to symbolize different emotions and characters in an opera. For example, every time a character would appear, a certain musical phrase would be heard, or maybe it wouldn't be heard. Maybe it would be felt in the low basses, 
or an emotion, sadness, fear, etc. As I said, sometimes you might hear it or sometimes you might subconsciously feel it. It was played somewhere in the orchestra, but deeply hidden. We hear this all the time in movies. Think of one of the greatest examples, of course, is in John Williams' score for the movie Jaws. Even before we saw the shark, we'd hear two notes. Immediately, you knew danger was near. Our next technique is called retrograde. The motive is played backwards. We could have the notes and the rhythm played backwards, or the notes played backwards in reverse, and the rhythm, the original, or we could be rhythmically free. First, motive and rhythm played backwards. Now the motive played backwards in retrograde with the original rhythm. Now the retrograde with a free rhythm. Now, let's play the original motive and then the retrograde. It would be like leaving somewhere and coming home. Think of the possibilities if you add variation and sequence and augmentation, diminution and random rhythmic variation the possibilities are limitless. The next technique is an inversion. To invert a phrase or a motive, you start on the same note, or another note if you wish, keeping the same interval distance. For example, second, third, fourth, fifth, etc. But you reverse the direction. Again, the inversion may be rhythmically exact or with variation. If you just go in the opposite direction with just the numbers, you will stay in the same key. The same as we did with the sequence. Or if you keep the quality, major, minor, augmented, diminished, then you might come up with accidentals. Let's listen to our basic motive, first original and then inverted. Inverted with a rhythmic variation. Our next technique, fragmentation and extension. In this technique, a group of notes from the end of the motive is developed and extended. First, the basic motive. Now, I will take the last three notes and as a sequence, bring them up one note at a time. So if we put it together, it will sound like this. So you see, when you apply these techniques to a motive, one simple phrase can be developed into a whole section or into different parts, bass parts, string parts, melodies, and so on, creating cohesion and understanding to the piece. One more technique, and maybe the most important, is silence. A pause at the right moment 
can be as effective as any musical statement. I sincerely hope these techniques will help you in creating your own works.